Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host here, Alexis Soto, and today I am joined by Peter Martinez, who I'm sure is alive, as he is ever so insistent upon responding to that every single week. But I'll ask him again. Peter, are you alive? Um, in the biological sense, yes. Okay. Okay. That's, that's something. Mm-hmm. This week, we are going to be doing another movie review. And this one's kind of a special occasion because this was not something I think you would have asked us perhaps a year ago. We would have really taken seriously, maybe two years ago or when it was first announced. <laughs> but as we saw the marketing uh, for the film, people's heads were beginning to turn. And we're talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is out in theaters this weekend. Uh, Peter and I had just both seen this movie this very night of the recording. Uh, and we're going to sit down and talk about this film in general. So we're going to give our general impressions first and foremost, whether we liked it or not. Uh, talk about the film in a very non-spoiler fashion. And then be uh, very assured of the fact that we're going to spoil this movie entirely um, toward the... The, the part of the conversation that entails that. So, this is Red Spotlight number 142. Into the Spider-Verse? Okay. I, I just want to say first and foremost uh, about this movie is... Uh, I thought it was a complete and utter joke uh, when this <laughs> thing was first announced. When the... Like, really, like, this was paired with the announcement of a Venom movie and... My God, I wish for those days to come back because now things have completely turned on that. Would, um, wouldn't you that, say that they both paid off? Yeah. I mean, for Sony, they both paid off. But I would also say <laughs> they were both accidents. Again, I, again, I wouldn't. I want to mm-hmm. state this very clearly. Um, I think uh, Into the Spider-Verse and Venom at this moment, uh, based on reviews and based on box office reporting, uh, clearly for Venom, and I think for, for also Into the Spider-Verse, are wins for Sony. Mm-hmm. But again, I struggle myself wins to say that was... specifically for Pascal Pictures. Yes, for Pascal <laughs> Pictures and for Amy Pascal. Um, again, though, I struggle, in fact, to say that, that, that that's really Sony's doing more of the people they hired. <laughs> and I mean, I think Venom was just a fluke. You know what I, I just the thought spider- of? Wouldn't what? it have been perfect if Kathleen Kennedy was in indeed stepping down and Amy Pascal was taking her spot. Uh, I would say to you that if that were the case, Mm -hmm. I would walk away into the sunset and remove Star Wars from my life. Mm -hmm. Clean break. I'm Mm -hmm. saying for all the, the real Star Wars fans, I think that would have been beautiful. For the real Star Wars fans. But we're not discussing Star Wars today. We're discussing this Spider-Man movie, which I did not take seriously. And then the trailers came out, and I'm like, god damn. You wanted to fight it. I don't. If I remember correctly, you didn't want to see the trailer. I was not interested in it. Uh, Only because I was not uh interested in the the inevitable discussion. Oh, my God, it's a new Spider-Man movie, which, to be fair, every single time (laughs) there's a new Spider-Man movie, we have this, like, it's the best adaption Mm -hmm. of Spider-Man ever. Mm -hmm. Every single time. Only I had the sneaking suspicion. Only half the time it's warranted, I feel. (laughs) Honestly. But, like, I I just honestly wasn't interested. I really wasn't. And then I was hearing what you and Peter, you and Peter, sorry, what you and Kyle had to say about it. And then I saw the trailers and I'm like, uh, 
I looked at the writers and I'm like, oh shit, this is gonna be good, isn't it? <laughs> so begrudgingly, I'm like, okay, fine. Again, remember, I, I'm I'm really I'm, I'm trying to shake this like corporatist team mentality that apparently I've been accused of in the past on By this podcast. Who? By you, oh. <laughs> by you. I would and only never. You. Um, and uh, I, I, I will get into a lot of reasons for why I am grateful this movie exists. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in particular, when it comes to that area that I mentioned. But to begin um, with some thoughts as to the film, I would say right now that I really, really liked this movie. And there were huge aspects of it that I think I loved. Like I mentioned right now, I, I'm glad this exists because I think this has a lot of components that are missing from a lot of mainstream uh, blockbuster and uh, comic book movies in particular. I think um, the animation here is truly a spectacle. I think this, the animation in this movie sets itself apart from most, if not all, things we've seen before. And I think it is a must-see at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely embraces the mantle of a comic book more than any other comic book adaptation film ever. Now, that's not saying this is the best com- the comic book movie of all time, but I think... That's clearly in, Batman v Superman. In comparison... Of course, of course. Not... In comparison to all of the other Sorry, movies... Sorry, the Ultimate I, Edition. Yes, of course. In comparison to all of the other films, I, f- I felt the most like I was reading an actual comic book, and it was brought to life before my very eyes. And the, and the, and the unique animation style, I think, definitely served uh, that, that feeling of it. I think this film has a, an amazing detail to character. I think it has a component of heart and emotion that is missing from a lot of, um, surprisingly enough, a lot of uh, Marvel movies these days. Uh, So I think this is a tremendous success uh, that I could not have foreseen. Um, I mean, you walk away, I think, loving these characters, loving the blast that this was. And I think for the most part, you have here a film that probably could only have been done in animation and you're happy that it was it was really in a lot of ways there's there's some that would say that this is kind of like uh the spider-man's rogues gallery of like lego batman but i think unlike lego batman i think this does take a little bit step like a few steps further than that i think in, in establishing uh, its key characters to the point where that when you walk away from it, you want more of them. Um, so I, really, I think I was quite taken with this film. And I understand why a lot of people would say that it is among their favorite Spider-Man films. That's not At what they're this- saying, though. They're saying it's the best. Yes. I am not saying that. Okay. I don't think. I I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. I, I think for me, personally, a conversation whether or not it is the best, we can have that here. Mm-hmm. But as far as my personal favorites, my slate has remained unchanged because it's really unfair to just kick aside a movie that I've loved. I've and, already and, kicked and, and, one and, aside. So I know. Well, I know. <laughs> I uh, okay. 
you can laugh maniacally at that, but <laughs> I, re- I, I refuse because okay. I don't think it's fair for me to just dump a movie that I fully admit love unabashedly. I think it's and fair. I think, in, in, I think it's fair. So tell me your thoughts, Peter Martinez. Tell me your thoughts on the film. Like, this is the kind of comic book film, the, the kind that feels like it's trying to be something, mm-hmm. not just be a placeholder. It just feels like so many comic book films nowadays are placeholders. It's just because we have this character and we have to make one, and it's just paint by numbers, brush, 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 brush. All right, done. Um, factory filmmaking, if you will. And uh, this just doesn't feel like it. It's just wholly original. Like, even if the film just completely sucked, it would be worth it for the visuals alone. It's absolutely incredible in that aspect, but it also completely just gets the heart of Spider-Man in ways that I don't think were fully gotten since those original Raimi films. Like, honestly, this feels like a perfect... In in its heart and in its message, it feels like a perfect successor to those films. This right here, though, I think is just fantastic. I'm actually surprised with how, not necessarily slow, but how much it took its time in the beginning to set up Miles and to even set up his dynamic with his family, his friends, his city, um, who he is as a person. I thought it would be like Spider-Man hopping out the wazoo right from the beginning, but it really wasn't. It really took its time. There were more of like side fun characters towards the end. Um, The action was great. The stories and the storytelling and the characters were so much fun. The music was great. Um, It's just, it just hit all the right notes from what I expect at this point out of a comic book film. Um, But even remove the comic bookness from it itself. It's just a genuinely good film on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I, I, I try to think, like, okay, remove the Spider-Man-ness from the, uh, from the film. Uh, just looking at its level of quality and comparing it to other animated films. Like, I look at, like, Big Hero 6, Disney's mm. superhero film, and I'm like, uh, I know a lot of people like it. I'm okay. I think it's okay. Um, I'm like, this is way better. Like, this is so... On on that end, I'm like, yeah, I guess even as a film, even if you remove um, the sort of Spider-Man-ness from it and just on the quality as a film alone, I think it works perfectly. It, it re- But it also, it's interesting because um, maybe more so than any other film, it's it doesn't care if you don't know what's going like it it really does feel like it's just like you open up a random page in a comic book and you're just dropped right into storytelling because it doesn't 
take time to stop and be like, this is the kingpin. It's like, no, that's the kingpin. You know who the fuck the kingpin is. Even the Prowler, because the Prowler's not like a mainstream uh, hero in itself, but it like they didn't introduce him and they're like, the Prowler. Like, no, it's just like, no, there he is. Uh, same with uh, some of the other villains and some of the other characters, side characters. Um, but it all works. It works out great. Uh, I'm rambling at this point. So overall, I this is I really liked it. As I know, this is your first introduction to the character of Miles Morales. You probably heard of Miles Morales, but this is probably your first big introductory to him as a character. Or even characters such as like uh, Spider-Gwen. Um so, as an introductory to those characters, how do you think the film, it worked in the film or didn't work? You know, it was a great introduction to uh, this character. I think they made him feel very uh, real. And what I mentioned earlier about uh, the characters, in particular Miles, is, uh, and I think all of these, to be quite frank with you, uh, were given great uh, attention as far as making them all feel different and realized. And you got very clearly that these were all iterations of uh, other kind of Spider-Man. I didn't know them at all, but I kind of expected it based on the trailers going into this movie. So I understood what they were going to do already. Um, and yeah, that was fun. I mean, I, I, I think this entire, uh, the premise of the movie about this interdimensional spasm that's causing the Spider-Man to be sucked out of their own dimensions and put together in this situation, I feel, uh, works very well. I think they're all very different. Uh, they, and I think what really works to their favor is that they all feel from like, they're, like you know how yeah, they're, they're from different dimensions, but they all feel like they're from different movies. And yet they work in this uh, ensemble very, very well. And I think, I think one of the, the biggest compliments I can... Um, I can uh, give this movie is how it um, how it is kind of an amalgamation amalgamation if, I, if I'm even saying that word Amal- right? Amal- amalgamation amalgamation of all of these different uh, things really when it comes to characters or theme well I mean not theme but in terms of tone and on paper you'd think that would clash almost instantaneously, and yet it doesn't. Like This movie finds a way to make everything it utilizes in its storytelling, from the animation perspective, especially the action, work in its favor. Um, in a way that I kind of blows me away. To add to that point, it for all the different spider people, <laughs> I can't say men, because it's, it's different people. Well, no, I can't even say spider people because one of them isn't a person. Uh, all the different spiders, um, you you notice they have s- different animation styles, each of them. Uh, like Penny Parker, clear anime style. Um, Gwen Stacy's Spider-Woman has this sort of watercolor-esque world to it. Each of them has their own unique, different... Oh, the Peter Porker is very much a Looney Tunes style. Um, 
There was a joke in there somewhere that was very uh, much that on Looney Tunes, which I do wonder if it's legal. Apparently it is because it happened. (laughs) Um, But to me, like when they have little details like that, that's like, okay, these the people making this film give a shit like the, the entire third act was just like a visual mind fuck because yeah. colors just kept moving. Like it, uh, if you would watch this film on an acid trip, your brain might melt. Like, especially in that third act, it might be a yeah. little bit too much to be honest. That's that, that, that's kind of, I wanted to touch on that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the third act was my least favorite part of the movie. That's fair, I think. I, 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 I because I think the, the, the film, I think, begins so strongly. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not agree with you more about how this feels like a great successor to what Raimi did with those three films in a lot of ways. And you see some references in there somewhere mm-hmm. that, you know, had the, the crowd laughing uh, their ass off. But I think in terms of tone... By the way, term- just real quick... If there's someone that should be mad, it should be me with that pot shot they took at Spider-Man 3. It was funny. <laughs> Everybody had a good laugh at it. It's not like it's being, well, you know what? That's right. I can't, you know, <laughs> exactly. I, 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 can't com- I can't compete with that. So, I mean, no one even considers it. So I know. That's even more... Of a of a snub in that sense, but the reality is, um, the the film begins on such a strong note, and I think it stays strong consistently. I think it's a great film, objectively speaking, um, and it, I, I I agree with what you said about how uh, it really does take its time with Miles Morales and his home life and his school life, um, and I think really. And, and and forgive us if we're going to be jumping back and forth here, but I guess since Peter Martinez brought this out of me earlier than I had wished it would have, here I am going to go on a rant. Um, it really kind of made me angry that we can't have this in an MCU movie. Mm-hmm. We just can't have this because of what you said, that factory-like style filmmaking that is being used in every non-Russo Marvel movie these days. And for whatever other director they happen to let do whatever they want, like a Taika or whatever. And I think it's a shame, because I think what we're, what we're seeing here is a film and a, a level of care and attention that is being allowed to be executed in that way that is not in other movies. I mean, I think the reality is why this film, I think, is such a success for you and for me, like you mentioned it, is because of how different it feels from the other films that all begin to blend in. We, I have been saying all year long how growingly imp- like angry I have been at Marvel Studios for its lazy approach to filmmaking. I am sorry for those of you who love Black Panther. I think it is the height of mediocrity. I honestly think it, it, may, it is among their worst because of how, in comparison to how it is being overhyped um, for what the film actually is. And I think that film uniquely suffers from so many things uh, that we've mentioned on so many times. The point is, this year, I have seen a a really deficient uh, 
state when it comes to Marvel Studios, and I don't see that getting any better, especially with those trailers from Captain Marvel, which have been a snooze yeah. fest, really. Well, um, not to get into to movie news or anything like that, but mm-hmm. that that one female director who had been asked or who had been talking to Marvel about Black Widow, and she stated some of the issues. Mm-hmm she had when talking to them like basically saying like uh yeah i don't like the blue lasers which i thought was kind of funny um saying the music is terrible uh they basically said like well you won't you won't really touch action like you you just do the character stuff we'll handle and it and it you can tell that's what happens with all the films yeah it's they have a director come in and it's like okay you can maybe write the script and have a hand in like some of the character stuff. Like that's what we uh, give enough of your signature style to at least not make it feel exactly the same, but then they have the same crews and the same people do the exact same. They handle everything else. They handle basically the music, they handle the action, they handle the way it looks, they handle the CGI so that they make sure that it, the the individual puts just enough the director puts just enough of themselves in it so that regular audiences will be like well this is kind of different but it's also exactly the same and if we know mm-hmm. modern audiences that's exactly what they want they want kind of different but exactly the fucking same <laughs> Kind of different, but not really at all. Yeah. Basically what you're trying to say. And that's exactly what we've seen time and time again. That's why I've been growing so frustrated with that formula. That's why I've been saying repeatedly that I'm ready to call it quits at the MCU after Avengers 4. That I'm ready to go. And I think this film is a primary example as to why. Because this is something they can't even touch. Mm-hmm. Like, they can't even touch. Say what you will about like Sony and fox which will now be disney and 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 we have yeah we've said plenty of because they they do some stupid shit but just the fact that they take risks at all leads them to have truly unique and far more interesting films and in my the way i feel like the reason marvel doesn't fail and i and i don't know why no one's ever said this is because they don't take risks yeah like it's because they don't really try in the first place. <laughs> That's yeah. why they don't fail. And I'd rather see massive failure at the at, on one end and massive reward. You know, I'd rather have a studio that has massive failures and massive rewards. But you know, it's a business, so they rather go for the sure thing. I get it. But like, yeah, Sony just put out just the piece of shit Venom film. But they also put out this film. <laughs> it, it's it really is a give and take. Like it it just is. Um, that's that's the reason why I don't like Illumination because it's it's just cookie cutter bullshit. It cookie I think cookie cutter is being too kind. I would say the lowest common denominator. Um, and I'm gonna say again, <clears throat> this is my controversial opinion. This, the film as a whole, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, to me, could be... I'm not saying that it is. I'm saying if I really sat back, I, I need way more time to think about it. Could be better than any other MCU single films. 
like we're the heroes by themselves. I know we still got like in uh, Winter Soldier and the original Iron Man and Guardians, if you want to count that. Um, But I just think of it as a film, what it's able to do with its characters. And it's not anything like revolutionary. It's very much standard Spider-Man stuff, but it's just done so well and with so much heart. And the action is just so well realized and the art design is well realized and and the the world itself. And I'm just like, this is great. You know, 10, 20 years from now, someone can watch it and they don't have to go like, well, you got to understand. This was like the 12th film in the MCU. So it, it's like they had just had like a big event film. So this is just supposed to be like lighter and more humorous. That's why it's just kind of so-so. Like, no, like this is a film at any point I could throw it on and it's great. Um, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. Um, and like I said, I'm not saying it definitively is better than any singular MCU film. Um, I'm just saying I think it's it can be a conversation per se. And yeah, it is my third favorite Spider-Man film. Um, but that's not really an argument like to be had. That's just different tastes, different strokes, different folk. No. It's different, different, different strokes, strokes for different for blokes. F- folks. Well, I don't say blokes. This is America. You say that's folks. That's a great song, by the of way. Your, it's a wonderful song. I don't know. What do you think? What do you feel? I, I, I honestly am in a mixture of emotions here um, for so many different things because um, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe and it pains me. I do too. I do it, too. It, it just pains me to say that something just so effortlessly can rival the best of their works because. I feel that they've kind of lost their way in in a sense. I feel they lost their way with Black Panther. They lost their way with Ant-Man. And I think they're going to lose their way with Captain Marvel, Things, all things considered. I don't think there's anybody there that has any sense of direction. I, I don't know what's going on. I, I feel like they've kind of resigned themselves to being more like Illumination, if you will. To be fair, I don't think they lost their way. I just think they ran out of gas. What's the difference? I feel like lost their way is when, like they take a different direction and it's a bad direction. I don't think they changed directions at all. It's just this direction just doesn't work anymore. You should have evolved by now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, okay. I understand. I, I accept that. And I agree with that. And I think that's um, where it is. Um, and that's kind of where I'm coming from is that this is the kind of movie, the quality that we should be getting from them now. And we're not. <coughs> Oh my god, are you dying? Apparently I am. Um, <laughs> is, is talking bad about Marvel causing you <laughs> to, to well, I mean, have literal uh, sickness? I, I've been talking bad about them all year long. It's not really anything new. Yeah, you have. But it's just that there were, there were parts of this movie that made me angry that I just can't have this. Um, and I no, I, and we, we, we can't get this in the MCU. Um, mm-hmm. And it just... It, it, it kind of takes the wind out of the sails, if you know, for any any kind of expectation for Far From Home. Um, it, but you know what? I can't, I just want to put that to the side because really, I, I'm kind of 
You don't want to be negative? I don't want to be overly negative to the point. I think for me, the main thing out of out of this is uh, I, I, I really do love most of the Spider-Man films. And they, th- this includes, I include this one. But I think it's officially most now. Yeah, I would say. Or was it already? There are only. Oh, I think it already was. Well, yeah, I think it already was. But there are only two that I really just do not. I hate two of them, and the other ones I think yeah, I, 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 me too. I love, if not, uh, really, really like. Spider Man might have the best track record as far as like superhero film, like a single singular character mm-hmm. in the films they're in. I think it might have the best track record. I you know I agree, and that, and I was definitely thinking that when I was watching this film is like, damn, they I don't know what it is about this particular like, um, character, uh, yes, that they they property, all of the above that they find uh, <laughs> this much mileage out of, and 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 find new ways to tell these creative stories. Um, I don't want to have the whole other thing consume this entire review because i think we've barely touched on the movie and i feel that's mainly my fault oh yeah i was ready to talk about yeah i i I just want to say look i love spider-man homecoming uh and i i'm not about ready to just drop it because um i mean i I would say technically into the spider-verse is a a much better film i just don't feel the same way about spider-verse now uh, as I do about Homecoming, because I just seen Into the Spider Verse, and I can't say at this moment that I love Spider Verse more than Homecoming. So that's where I'm coming from. And yes, there's a little bit of frustration that so many people just kick it to the curb um, so callously as if it was nothing. But I guess my thing is a lot of these people that do that don't at the same time call Marvel out like you and I do about the generic filmmaking. And that's kind of where I feel it's kind of hypocritical where they're kind of admitting it, but they're not really saying it. And then goes into this different rant and I'm Alexis Soto and you know how things go. So I'm going to shut up now Mm -hmm. and we're going to get back up into this movie where it actually belongs. Um, There were several elements of the film that I thought were done really well, just like little miscellaneous things here and there. Um, I thought the prowler as a as a villain because uh, he I don't he's never been realized on the big screen before they did a really good job like it, he had this like scary like like noise that would happen whenever he'd show up and he he was an intimidating villain um for someone who was just kind of there like you're expected to know him, but most people don't know who the prowler is um also. Another character that I think is is new for you is Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin. It, and I thought you're, I w- it was interesting to see your thoughts to go from like an R-rated Daredevil main villain to the main villain of a Spider-Man kids cartoon. Like he, he really is a character that's very like, I don't know what to say. What's malleable? Is that the word? I don't know. Fluid? Like flexible? He, fluid flexible those kind of things yeah um and i think he fantastically worked as both the main villain to an r-rated daredevil television show and worked exactly as as well in a cartoon uh spider-man film Mm -hmm. and it was still the same character in both I don't know. What are, no, I I I, I agree. I I I kind of was 
Uh, I mean, I, I, I was aware that uh, the Kingpin was um, a villain of Spider-Man's, if only because of how many people mentioned it so many times about the possibility of Wilson Fisk portrayed by Vincent D'Onofrio, whatever be in the films, that was never going to happen from the very beginning. So, and it never will. Um, well, now, yeah, that's a 100% yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I think that was one of the interesting parts is that they, kept, they pretty much just took the same approach as the Daredevil people did, uh, the Daredevil TV show, and put it into a um, PG, I believe it's PG, right? PG animated movie. Yeah. Um, and I think he worked fine. And they he was still very violent. He was still like, menacing as hell. He, he, was, he killed Spider-Man. Like, I think that's kind of that's kind of the thing about this movie is that um, how many times do kids have to watch Spider-Man? That, that was one of the things I was wondering because when 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 that happened, I'm like, wait, wait, hold up a minute. Did he really kill him like that? Like that's something that I wouldn't have anticipated. Um, and I think you know, just to speak a, uh, about the movie is that there are there there are just surprises here all the way throughout. And that was a particular one right there. Um, I think all the villains worked really well. Um, but I, I think for me, at the end of the day, uh, what I walked away with is Miles Morales. Um, and what a great character they really made him. Like, honestly, I think what, what, what was so great about this is that this, is, in essence, was another origin story Spider-Man film, but it didn't feel like that at all. It didn't feel mm-hmm. stale. It didn't feel like repetitive or mundane or things we've seen. It played on that very keenly, uh, borrowing some aspects from Lego Batman for sure, but I think also expanding on it. Um, I mean, just to talk about the opening credits, the opening montage of this film, I think wins you over instantaneously, does it not? Yeah, well, me specifically, yes. And why was that? <laughs> what What did you see there that was so great about it? Because he was Spider Man, and they referenced my Sam Raimi Spider Man, and that's a direct link to my heart. Um, <laughs> but also, the reason why I, I I and they they definitely let you know this in the very beginning with that whole montage of Spider-Man. Um, the, the reason why this feels like almost a, a spiritual successor to their original films is it starts out the film like, yep, this is, this is Spider-Man, you know, this is who he is. And this is great. I want to, I want to da, stop da, 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 you right da. there because that, that thing, mm-hmm. that's what I think felt was most striking is because it almost begins kind of like a Spider-Man four in a sense, because for me, the way that I took it is, it's like, yeah, I'm Spider-Man. I'm Peter Parker. I'm 26, 20, whatever years old. It felt like, it felt like this was kind of a, like you said it was a successor to it, but it felt almost like a direct sequel in the sense that, all of the stuff that happened in those movies kind of, in a sense, were canon, at least. At least it treated it as such. Um, yeah. And you got the impression, like, okay, wow, there's something really special about this movie very early on. Not only with that, I mean, I mean, we got to talk about the Spider-Man 3 gag that they put in there, which you have to admit those is bitches. hilarious. Those It's hilarious. How, how did your theater react? It's mine lost their shit. <laughs> Oh, actually, I forgot to tell you. There was like three other people in my theater. You're kidding me. So I was in like a silent theater the entire time. 
Yeah. So you got oh like the my full. God. I was in a packed theater. house. I was in a packed house with, I think it was mostly adults, adults my age, a little bit older, mm-hmm. um, families, uh, adults with their children, children of all ages. Um, you got the theater experience. Yeah. I got the um, basically by myself watching experience. So, like, the theater experience, I think, really helps to enhance yeah. a film sometimes. Like, so there was no one there around me to laugh at the jokes or any of that. Stuff. But I, 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 so yeah, it was. I want to touch on what you said earlier about um, about the you know the third act a little I think an hour ago at this mm-hmm. point. God, um, forgive me. I completely really derailed this entire podcast. It's entirely my fault. But um, to touch on that, uh, I heard on some reviews that some people. Um, uh, we're wondering at the beginning of the movie if there was a projection problem um, with the screen because of you know how w- the opening credits it, it has you know well you know how it is it it, yeah. it kind of blares things at your face um, not to mm-hmm. the point of the third act when you have all those colors happening but to a point where people might think well, okay is this part of the movie or but you catch on pretty quick the point is though what this movie does to a point that. I haven't seen any other movie do is how relentless it is with uh, with just throwing as many colors in your face and like kaleidoscopes and just colors and, and montages and it, it throws them at you and it doesn't care how it lands. It just goes for it to the point where I do agree with you. Um, at some points, it may be too far. The third act, while I did enjoy as much... Like, I did enjoy it, but not as much as the first or second, mainly because to a point it became – I mean, I, I don't want to say in an animated movie that it became too ridiculous because it didn't. I mean, it fit and it worked and it, and it, it didn't like become cheapened or lessened. But when you are in that kind of environment and there are just like, holy shit, like these white beams or these like like – neon colors and they're just going in your face sometimes and and the editing is quick here too and how they have those sequences and uh like the the wilson fisk and um well, i should say kingpin here the kingpin and spider-man uh battle it goes so fast and <laughs> sometimes you might be a little bit hard pressed of keeping track where who is where exactly and how things are going mm-hmm. so that may be one drawback of that but overall i think it works incredibly well and i feel very comfortable saying look i know i may have been bitter <laughs> in the beginning of this podcast about homecoming i love that film but in particular about mm-hmm. this movie you're right. It stands on its own and it's all the better for it. And I'm thinking kids watching this right now are going to look back on this and like, that was my childhood right there. This is, I think, is, it's That's a defining movie in a lot of ways. And to to an extent that the other Spider-Man films cannot do here because of the medium mm-hmm. and that's animation. And uh, talk yeah. about what they do here in animation that we haven't seen them do in live action that they can't do in live action. Well, speaking of the third act... Uh, what really remind what I was thinking about the entire time of the third act is I don't know if it was like a behind the scenes thing or whatever with like the the princess frog, and they were talking about how when uh, Doctor Velasquez is that's his name right I forgot his name, but you know he's doing the I got friends on the other side his whole song. Okay, hold the hold on a minute. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I, uh, I want the people that I, I, the I want the people listening to know that it is two thirty eight in the morning, and I'm a little bit tired right now. 
And I thought I had a stroke right now because for whatever reason, Peter mentioned the princess and the frog. And I thought he was saying about a princess and a frog in this movie, not the actual Disney movie. So I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't know what he was talking about. And I was losing my mind right now because you may need medical help. (laughs) So okay, at some point you 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 drew attention to the Disney animated movie The Princess and the Frog, and you're talking about um, yes. Doctor Facilier. Facilier, that's. I'm sorry, um, <laughs> I'm a little bit behind today. <laughs> and like they had uh, behind the scenes um, talking about his song "Friends on the Other Side," and how at the end of the song, it ultimately becomes like this giant green background that seems to stretch out endlessly and how there's all these minions everywhere and it's like it becomes this giant stage production and they're like you sort of transition the audience into that and through animation they buy right. it like they buy uh, and and you see that a lot with um disney animated films especially in musicals yeah. um and that's something that i i you can definitely tell they did in this film especially in the third act where like the entire background is basically just like flashing colors while they're like there's really no sense of how big this room is because it's it's almost exactly (laughs) there's no sense whatsoever because it doesn't matter because it's animation at that point And, and and you just sort of go with it you buy it and that's something that you would not be able to do in a live action no, film. If no. it was a live action film, people would be like, you'd have cinemasins <laughs> and like different people pointing out like, well, this doesn't make sense. How big is this room? And, and, and a lot of it, it would just be too much. I think for, I would people. say for, for a point of reference, think of Pokemon. Think of, uh, when they would have two Pokemon, Pokemon, when they had, when they, when they would have like a two Pokemon a battle. And sometimes like the background would just be like, stripes or some kind of color yeah. scheme. That's exactly what Peter was referencing right there about how, how it looks like in that would not at all work in live action. And you don't even think about it because it's, it's a, like it's a cartoon, like it, it's animation. It just naturally um, transcends that way for you. Probably the film, the live action film that I think came the closest to being able to pull that off is uh, your favorite film, Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> oh, that that movie. Yeah, well, that I, I see movie. what you mean. I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. It, it, yes. it did something. Um, so there are moments throughout Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse in which that happened. You also have like... 3d effects like almost like you're looking at a 3d comic books like a lot of the characters and uh background items have the little dots in them dotting from classic comic books and also the like depth of field like shit in the background is like extra blurry while stuff in the foreground is very clear and they really mess with that um they just do so many just oh of course they have the texts over like yeah like a comic book like when they'd be like yeah they like really they go oh. all and that again like i mentioned before they really do borrow um they they borrow um 
different uh, storytelling devices from different mediums that really kind of, again, like what I said, it was an amalgamation of different things. It just works. It's just one of those things. Um, it's funny how Grace Randolph, our favorite, said this about Aquaman, but to, to, be, to, to borrow her phrase, this movie has to be seen to be believed in a sense. Like we can talk to you. Mm-hmm. We can talk and describe how it was, how things we saw, but it's no, I, I feel this is one of those movies where it's like no substitute for actually experiencing it yourself and seeing how this movie looks like and how it feels and how it lives and how it breathes. Um, so, I mean, our words can only be so descriptive, but it will not do it at all justice. Uh, for when you see uh, the animation, mm-hmm. which, by the way, no competition, the the best animated movie of the year. Yeah. Just, oh, my God. If Incredibles 2 wins, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> I will be pissed, too, because yeah, um, for so many reasons. I, I want to say, um, before mm-hmm. I forget, what really I think I, I liked most about this is... And as much as I love Homecoming, I do admit it was missing in that film. I think Homecoming had heart, but I think it had a different kind of heart, not the Raimi heart, not the the, the real gold uh, crusted heart that we... The gushy. Exactly. Um, but this felt right at home with the kind of heart that Raimi would bring to his films. And tell me it wasn't just me, but it felt it felt it, the closest, if not exactly like it. Oh, it it felt so much like it. Just because, again, it did what I think every comic book needs to do. It doesn't forget that it's a comic book, that it's there to be silly, to have fun. Um, but it takes its threat seriously and it takes its drama seriously. The drama between Miles, you know, his dad and his uncle... And uh, like, there's some, there's some several dark films. Like you said, they kill Spider-Man in a pretty violent way, and the city just kind of then deals with it. Um, probably in an emotional one of way. my favorite, my favorite Stanley cameos. I I, um, I have to say, I mean, that that entire sequence of Peter Parker um, dying. I think that those was, those are some of the moments where I, I was really emotional because in a way if you do kind of think that this is like a continuation of what Raimi did and the Maguire era if you will and you could just imagine yourself that if this is how it had happened you kind of I mean you already have that emotional attachment and it's Spider-Man and he's dead and you're 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 in this sense of disbelief and you're distraught. Mary Jane is giving a eulogy. You like know? Mary, like made, it's, it's Mary fucking Jane. Like from, it, it, I mean, she's made to look like from those movies too. So it, it's so touching. And then they sprinkle in my favorite Stanley cameo. My mm-hmm. favorite Stanley cameo. Because it, 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 I think it, it, it was placed beautifully in, in, in the sequence that it was in. And you can't like not think about recent events. I mean, he recently passed away, and how touching it was. I, I'll tell you because I mean, I, I, I apparently I had theater experience, so I have to bring that aspect to this review. Everybody in unison was like, "Oh, 
sucked. Like for real. <laughs> I would have threw up. <laughs> you probably would have. But no, every, every everyone's heart dropped no. when Stan Lee I, came on. And I, I saw it coming. Yeah. I, it was like comic book store. You have him like Stan Lee selling comic books. And I have to say it makes me kind of emotional in a sense because that's that that that's who Stan Lee was. And 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 to like see him alive here. I think I want to say this, like, look, in, in so many ways, because of how unrestrained it is and what free reign this movie had to go into, I am just so grateful we get to have a movie like this. If I haven't said enough nice things about it, and again, I do want to make it clear, if I had any kind of like bitter feelings toward the movie, I do not. I think in in so many ways... This is what comic book movies need to become. This is the level where they need to start reaching and start growing and heading toward. Like Aquaman, we've we've heard some mixed things, but I'm hoping Aquaman is one of those films that reaches higher than most of the other films that we have seen. And I think, look, we care about this genre because we love these movies. We love these comic book movies. But I just can't help thinking that Spider-Verse did something that can't be touched by anything, really. I, I mean, I, I feel like I have to keep saying that. Because the more that I talk about this movie, the more that I feel like, how does this movie exist in an era where, I mean, to be quite frank with you, I'm, I feel most people are quite content. Just taking the bare minimum. Yeah. And I I think it's even more than content. I think they get angry if they get more than that. Um, <laughs> or if anyone tries to move beyond those boundaries. Um, you mean discontent then? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. 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 Um, to, just really quick to go back. Do you remember the exact thing Stanley said? Because what he said was what got me emotional, not in so much that he showed up. He has said something. Yes, I remember that that added to it, but I can't recall because I, I may have been crying, and so was everybody else. Oh so <laughs> um, everybody kind of, again, loud theater, it kind of overshadowed what he said. I can't remember what he said, but it, I, it, in the moment, I remember that, oh, God. I, but I can't. I just can't remember what it was. All I know is that it was a perfect cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, um, an- another thing, and again, I I, <laughs> I need to stop doing this, but just talk about Star Wars. Um, okay, I didn't is... see that coming. Why are you bringing up Star? Wars? <laughs> this is in its messaging very similar to the Last Jedi. <laughs> You're gonna get a lot it, of hate for that. I know. I don't care. It's it's basic because it's a film where it's like this this under this mantle, this uh, younger individual who thinks like, oh, Spider Man, this is he's gonna teach me. He's gonna be this great guy, and he's kind of a loser schlub, and he's kind of lost his way, and but from each other they kind of learn like no like we they 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 get back on course um the person at the end becomes spider-man and they and it's sort of like peter parker isn't spider-man 
who it, they basically they literally laid out at the end of the film. Um, it doesn't matter who's behind it behind that mask. You can be it behind that mask. Um, anybody can be Spider Man. It's not a person. It's a sensibility. Yeah. It's and that's kind of what the, the Peter. The you need, can you stop talking? You need to stop talking because you're making me love this movie even more. Like you <laughs> really? Because yeah, that was there. Now I remember at the very end, Stan. The last thing that he Stanley told him there was other other like he had a couple other lines that I really loved, but the last thing he told him was. Um, when he's like, oh, I, what, what if I need to return the Spider-Man seat? He says, don't worry, you'll grow into it. Like, everyone grows into it. Basi- basically saying, like, you you know, like, I don't know. And I found that heartwarming. But then it was also funny because there was the sign that said, no refunds. <laughs> so I'm like, that's also steadily. Because <laughs> he was very much a businessman. Um no um oh we should probably tackle this a very non-controversial um aspect of the film it's uh a minority aspect <laughs> i don't know how else to phrase it well i mean um, i i feel like every single time again i don't want to bring it up but look <sighs> You're the one bringing I, it up. I've stopped bringing up uh, well, that. Well, it's film. like, okay, we ha- there's just no way around it. You know, and that's just what we have to we have to address this. I mean, it's no secret that we're not big fans of Black Panther. Um and the reason why we I bring that up is because Black Panther is apparently the diversity film of the year. Look. It's going to get nominated for best picture. Like that's a No, I think it might even win. I think it might win. Oh, I'm saying I'm for saying real? right now I think it might win. All right. I think it might win for for so many reasons and more. Um our secrets on our uh, our secrets are <laughs> our, 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 <laughs> our thoughts on the quality of the film are no secret. You see? I, I maybe I can't function after a certain time in the morning. Okay. Listen to me. Uh l- l- let's get this together. Um our thoughts on on this movie are no secret, but we have said from the very beginning is that I th- uh, or at least I have said that I'm proud of Black Panther for showing the industry that there are that uh projects with diverse casts of color can make gangbusters and can make f- successful films at the box office. It shows that when you make films with actual people of color in them, people will show up and support your film, which is great because we need more diversity in the film industry. We're all for that. And more to the point, we are very cognizant of the fact that we are not African-American. We're not black. I, I totally understand people who went in and said I had like a real connection with the yes. film because of the heritage. Like, and also, and also I being totally, a black, uh, I love right. that. I do love being that. a person of color and seeing uh, a superhero on screen that looks like mm-hmm. you and, and and their whole family. And by the way, can I? I want to say this real quick because a lot of people say like, "Well, it shouldn't matter what color." Da, uh, da, da, da. That's bullshit. Yeah, That's bullshit. Yeah. That's complete bullshit. And I mean that in a scientific way. There have been studies done where they show that people, when they see um, young, like children, when they see people of color in heroic roles and and, and in different things, 
that makes them feel like, oh, that's me. You know, yeah. I can be yeah. that. I can reach those heights. So representation is something that absolutely 100% matters. It's crucial to our society it, that way. It's yeah, crucial. Everybody feels yeah. um, equal and uh, heard and seen. Mm-hmm. That's a very important aspect. And for those reasons alone, I, I'm happy the movie exists and I'm happy people had that experience. We can't say the same because we're not in that community. We will talk in another podcast about films of diverse because uh, Peter and I are of the culture that Coco catered to. And so we'll get into that. But the point of why I bring up Black Panther is because in Into the Spider-Verse, we have Miles Morales, who is a diverse uh, figure. So He's double diverse. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I thought I was it, mm-hmm. he was going to be like, uh, like a black family. But no, he, he, so his mom is Latina. Yeah. He's he's half right. black, half Latino, and living in Brooklyn, which I'm sure is more common. Which again makes yes. sense in like Brooklyn yeah. is, is and, and also like that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I just really like. That no, I, I love it. I love it because when you mm-hmm. think about it, we haven't had that before. Like bar yeah. none, there's no equivalent to that. I mean, we've had plenty of Peter Parkers, but not just in Spider Man. I'm thinking about superhero films, even Tatala. We have a biracial main character here that speaks mm-hmm. to uh, people of color that are not associated in a main character. My, this is Miles's movie. This is the story of Miles Morales, and it's extremely important. I mean, the majority of the audience that I saw that were my theater were African American, um, mm-hmm. and they loved it. They absolutely loved it. Um, but you know what? So did I, because I, I, I love this character. And I think the difference with with this film in Black Panther is I think the craftsmanship, but I also do think the writing is on a level that is just, it's a false equivalency to, have, to bring those two movies up as far as the writing of this yeah. movie is concerned. I think, the, I think Spider-Verse treats its character and develops its characters, I think, at all, whereas Black mm-hmm. Panther doesn't really do that. Yeah, like even, like I would say as far as the cultural aspects, I think both films are in the same yes. level. But just as a film, I enjoyed this far better. Right, yeah. Like I think that's basically what we're getting mm-hmm. at. But like just looking at the villains, like Wilson Fisk or even the Prowler, I felt more... Doc Ock? And uh, they had a, Doc, Doc Ock was so much wasn't fun. Wasn't that like... Because I didn't see... I didn't see no, I didn't either. And that's why there, there are parts of it that feel like Lego Batman, because you have Doc Ock. You even had uh, the Goblin, like a huge fucking Goblin. Uh, they they yeah. really did play with him. I, Fisk was huge as hell. Um, but it worked mm. for what they were going here. They had... I, I, I honestly wasn't sure if... Because, again, I'm a very limited like knowledge of it. I thought the Prowler at first was Mysterio because because like the, the, the shape of it. I can I can see that I can yeah. see that uh, mistake if you're not too. By the Mysterio's the one with the fish. Right, bowl right. Head. By the way, amazing voice cast, amazing voice yes. cast, and I I I I recognized. Um, I love the the uncle character. Uh, I recognized Mahershala's voice anywhere. Like he, great yes. actor, fucking great actor, um, and another mm-hmm. great role here too. And what I love about the um, the uncle character, and again, I think this this speaks to regular everyday people, mm-hmm. is you may have a family member or someone yeah. older you look up to and you love, but they are 
they're they're maybe they're involved with a gang or maybe they're involved in criminal activity and then just trying to deal with that and i love the comic book version of that is he's a super villain you know um so so it tackles an issue that i think would be relatable to a lot of people um but in a very comic booky way and that that's why the human element i really enjoyed him and the prowler and uh miles morales's um I really enjoyed their bond. I al- and their I also enjoyed the dynamic between uh, Miles and his father. Yeah, that sort of three way yeah. dynamic, really. And it's it's one of those things that I don't think, as far as the the MCU Spider Man version, I don't think they're going for that. I think they've they've long since abandoned any any plans to at all resemble. Uh, what Raimi did. Cause I mean, they had a whole existing mm-hmm. universe. They've done the pseudo relationship with Tony Stark that I feel has worked in some aspects. Um, but yeah. to, and I the, thing, the thing about the, the Tom Holland movies is that they're going for, a, I think a different feeling, a, 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 which I mean, that's, that's, a, that's definitely, a, uh, their right to do. And it's not necessarily bad depending on what we see. Uh, you and I both mm-hmm. enjoyed homecoming a lot. So, uh, it's just a, a different take on it, mind you. But what because of that direction they take, we then cannot have a substantial relationship like the one that we have right here, what you just mentioned with the uncle, the father, and the son. I mean, that one has like a gut-level emotional punch that we've yet to mm. see. I guess the closest form of that would be Tony losing Peter in Infinity War. I mean, that, that comes yeah. the closest to it, but... Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just to just comparing apples to oranges here, but basically just 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 to see. But that's why I I, I did I did love that relationship so much. I mean, I, right my right now my mind goes to that scene where you know he never tells he never tells Miles that his uncle's dead. I don't think he does, no. and he he is going to his dorm. He's knocking on his door. He wants to tell him, but he just tells him that he loves him, basically, and that he'll be there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's Spider Man. That 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 that's just, and that's the kind of emotion that it, it was just so. It, it felt so simple yet elegant. The way that they that that scene was just like portrayed. It also works so well because you understand that the the dad and his brother had a huge falling out. Yeah. And, and did you get did you get the impression, them. by the way, that the father was aware that the uncle is like was kind of a supervillain because he didn't seem all that shocked that he was in a supervillain costume. Uh, I don't think he was aware, but I don't think he was surprised. Oh, okay. I think it's more of that. Um, but he ha- <laughs> he had this falling out with his 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 brother, and it ended unresolved. Yeah. You know. He never got to say goodbye to his brother. His brother died because of the, the, the lifestyle he chose and the schism that happened between them. And I think he he relates that to what's happening with his son and he's falling apart with his son. And he's just like, I don't what happened with my brother. I don't want to happen to me and you. And I and I and again, that adds another layer of emotion to it. Um no, the characters I think just work real well. Like, just well, to, I know I keep bringing up Wilson Fisk, yeah. but like they didn't need to give him an emotional 
reason no. for doing what and he's yet doing. it they works and it lands i think generic bad guy yeah because yeah. he's not trying to destroy the world he's just like trying to get vanessa back <laughs> and his son um the the oh no i forgot i was gonna say Go uh jake johnson does a great job here voicing older peter parker there's an interesting dynamic to see a much older peter parker who's kind of like um i guess that one would be more of losing his way in a sense i mean he is still him but he I mean he's kind of let himself go he's you know to the point of leaving or mj leaving him and then he had to bury at mate a different uh, universe that he's from, but I really did enjoy the the what was it called the the master and apprentice uh, aspect of of uh, Peter Parker, the one that lived, <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, and Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. No, I love their relationship. I thought they were great. I thought uh, he was hilarious. It was, yeah, <laughs> and you. You you felt for him. Yeah. What happened with him was very believable. The way that he had not ended up with Mary Jane, the, the way he kind of pushed away people, had to bury Aunt May. Um, it's it's and just it's striking to see a Peter Parker with gray hair. Yeah, because he's always and that's also interesting because he's almost immortalized as this young kid, yeah. and to see that point where he's just not. And it didn't work out because again, he is, he was always the bright eyed young, um, in again, very similar to the last Jedi. Um, (laughs) He was always that bright eyed young, like uh, idealist hero, hero, idealist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though he would make mistakes, he was always the one that would try to right his wrongs with a smile on his face and, and, and a joke. Just put a um, smile to on see my face. him just kind of again lose his way and through this mentorship find it not an original story um but just really well done i think really well done. as uh, yeah. and again that goes back to the voice the voice yeah, casting yeah. with him was great the audience in several parts of this movie as i've mentioned was losing it throughout the film. I think one of the aspects that was... Which parts? The one I was about to mention, uh, the parts that just kept him consistently laughing is when they introduced um, Peter Porker and the Spider-Man noir person and then also the the anime Japanese-inspired one. Um, Penny, Penny Parker. Penny Parker. When they were all introduced at the same time, they were like, oh, people were like laughing so much because it was beautiful. And you know what's interesting about them is that they, I mean, they don't get nearly as much focus or screen time as uh, uh, Spider Gwen or, um, or, you know, Peter Parker or Miles Morales, mm-hmm. but they still feel realized. They still feel like they're very mm-hmm. much integral to or at least supportive to uh, uh, they, they work as a team, surprisingly enough. I mean, maybe it shouldn't be that surprising because, in a sense, they are the same person deep in their core. They're just in different dimensions. Um, whereas, like, other team-up, like, like I guess, X-Force or Avengers or X-Men, you're dealing with different people that have to learn to get along with each other. In this sense, the paradigm here is flipped where they're the same person but from different dimensions. And so they really never. Yeah, so they don't. Yeah. 
they they don't have that thing where like oh we don't want to work together da, yeah da, da, da. like no they're all like okay let's do this like because they they understand okay. each other and I think that's the glue. This is the thing. part where you need to explain to me what the hell were those things? Penny Parker, Peter Porker, and Spider Man Noir. Like I've I did not <laughs> I did not know those things existed until I seen this movie. I love them, but I'm like um, what? Where's that from? When. When comics goes on forever, yeah, you gotta get weird <laughs> to keep audience like in interaction. Spider-Man War is basically exactly what it sounds like. It's this throwback comic, and I think there's there's several like there's Logan War, X-Men War. It's basically the the Marvel Universe. But in like the 1950s as as a noir universe in which everything's dark and black and white. And, you know, and they really played that up in a funny way with Nick Cage. Yeah, I was and his dialogue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was great. I really liked that. Um, Penny Parker I, was an anime reimagining uh, that they did. Like it, I think it was like a straight up anime, and again, like she said, it takes place like three thousand whatever, and she has like this telepathic spider, and they have a robot, and it's just weird. It's anime, you know. <laughs> it it is anime. clearly. Um, Peter Porker. I can I don't remember the origins of it. Like it's genuinely like it's weirder than it even sounds. <laughs> Like his whole universe and the aspect to him, because it's if I remember correctly, he's like a spider that got bit by a pig and turned into a pig. Like it's okay, yeah. Like if I if I remember correctly, that's the way it happens. Like I can't, I don't remember exactly, but it was weird, and of course comics are weird so they have sort of like i remember they even had like an animal avengers where different avengers like characters um and animals form together to create an animal avengers wow like thor thor frog because there was a point where thor got turned into a frog in the comics and then like i can't remember what the other ones but of course peter porker was a part of that group so he's just like this weird Looney Tunes character that was created in this alternate alternate issue comics that just because it was people found it funny, he stayed around this long. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, of course, Spider-Gwen. The funny thing with Spider-Gwen is Spider-Gwen is like a, a, like a really recent addition to the comics, like really recent within the last eight or so years. I, I assume think. she must have made a big splash if she's in this movie. Yeah, she did. She did. Um, I And I think she was created during the uh, Spider-Verse crossover series that they had. Is, um, isn't there a show right now called Marvel Rising where they have a Spider-Gwen character? An animated show, Marvel Rising? Because they have, I know that Dove Cameron uh plays a spider queen. yeah yeah and they I, also yes. have a uh, chloe bennett she really blew up yeah. in uh popularity yeah. Yeah, yeah chloe bennett does quake on that show as well they have a it's it's i think it's similar to like um what's her name 
from DC, Harley Quinn. Mm. Like she just sort of popped up and then became popular like really quickly. The same thing with yeah, uh, but she popped up. A, she Spider popped up in a different medium. That's what was more impressive. Yeah, that one. That's what's really interesting yeah. because she popped up in an entirely different medium. Uh, with Spider Gwen, it was still the comics. Um, but no, that's her. And then the in the Marvel universe, Miles Morales is not in the same universe as the main uh, Marvel Comics universe. Uh, I think in the early 2000s is when they created the Ultimate Universe. So it, they had line line of comics like Ultimate, Spider-Man Ultimate, and they weren't called the Avengers. They were called the Ultimates. And that's actually where they drew a lot of from for the original Avengers film. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And in that universe, um, this had to be 10 years I remember John Stewart was still on the air when this happened. Um, the they that that Marvel universe started off with Peter Parker, and then at some point they decided to kill him, and he died, and then they had Miles Morales take over in that universe, in the Ultimate Universe, and like in that one, that's why it it is pretty accurate. Like the big dragon, Green Goblin. That's the way the Green Goblin looks like in that universe, and all of that. So that's where um, the the older mentor one, I think, is actually the one from the main Marvel universe. Okay, I so, I know none of yeah. this. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. apparent. I I I barely pay attention to comics, so a lot of this might be wrong. But I'm like eighty percent sure. It, it's correct. Yeah, it's more than what I know, which is nothing. So, but you see, you didn't have to yeah. know, and I think it, it worked all all the same, really, if not better. The thing about this movie is that I think you hit the nail on the head. Weird, weird is good, people. Um, I love weird. Yeah. <laughs> Just listen to us talk um, or this show. We can get pretty weird pretty quickly. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So I mean. And I think that's uh, I, I think this movie is going to end up being embraced by the public because it, it, it's a crowd pleaser for sure, in, in a way that, pe- that that people are not expecting it to be. And I think that's the mark of a film that has accomplished something beyond that we've already seen thousands and thousands of times. And I really do wish, honestly, and, and I mean this with the best intentions. Um, I I really do hope Kevin Feige is looking at these movies, is looking at Into the Spider-Verse, is looking at Aquaman and thinking that I need to change some things. I need to make things better. We need to evolve. We need to grow. Because if Aquaman is as good as we hope Mm -hmm. it is, that's going to be another movie that just like, okay, but why that movie would, why we would hope that movie would be good is because it's weird. It, it does things that just aren't, that defy convention and the norm. Well, that's why I, I'm rooting for DC to succeed yeah. because I'm, I want to challenge Marvel. Because yeah. re- remember, it wasn't until Batman v Superman signed off that Kevin Feige was like, okay, yeah, we need to do Civil War. Yeah. If yeah. if BVS never went you off never the ground, they might have. It might have just been another like Captain America, like it would have been like Captain America versus Arnim Zemo, you know. And <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the Russo's would have pulled off. Wait, did you call him Arnim off. Zemo? 
That's his full name. I thought it was Arnim. Arnim Zola is a different character. You mean like Baron Zemo? Baron Zemo. I might have got yeah. them. Yeah, I might have gotten yeah. them confused. Yeah. That's it. So it would have just been Captain America versus Baron Zemo, and I'm sure the Russos would have been able to pull off a great film. But just the dynamic itself would have been different. The same yeah, would have been like different altogether. It would have been like uh, Captain America versus a villain. You know, a villain of the week. Yeah. But instead, it's like no civil war. So it's you a got monumental to play event just, in, 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 mm-hmm. in the cinematic universe. So I think in, in yeah, competition. We need more of that. And yeah, I, I just don't know how many more ways to say that Spider Verse is great. And I think not just for Marvel, but I think it itself is something every single comic book movie and superhero movie should strive to be. Because what this is, is everything I look for in this genre of movies. Everything that mm-hmm. I look for. Um, and yeah, I mean, and I guess, I mean, to throw it out there real quickly, so I guess my, if we're going to get into the rankings of it, my, my from like, from... I guess we're good uh, from best to worst then. So my, I like going top bottom. Right. So Spider-Man 2 for me. Spider-Man 2, then the original Spider-Man. Right now, still Homecoming. Then Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man 3. By the way, I like all of these movies so far. So mm-hmm. I, I really like a lot of these. So then the next two, Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um which those are the ones that are like I hate. Who cares? But you know what? What I hate even more is we have to include Venom in that, right? Because no, no. Are we you don't. sure about that? Spider. He's not in the film. Spider Man's not in the okay. film. Okay. He's not mentioned. He's just some Venom's just his own Marvel character. Okay. So he doesn't. He's he's removed. You refuse. <laughs> Fuck Venom. Um, which is slightly unfair because I technically have not seen the film yet. But do I we really need to, though? Exact, I mean, do we, I mean, we don't need we've to. We've had a whole episode uh, where we had one of our own go and see the film, and he told us what happened, and we were trying to... Yeah. Like, I I haven't seen Transformers the last night net either, but I can guarantee you it's a piece of shit. Like, I don't feel I need yeah, to see Yeah, the same that, person but. called it a piece of shit, too, that we went to go. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, my rankings would be very similar. Uh, Spider-Man 2 original spider-man into the spider-verse homecoming and then you know those those other ones what about three? Oh, spider-man three and yes. then the other ones and then which the other do you ones. hate more amazing spider-man or amazing spider-man 2 honestly uh amazing spider-man really because two is two <laughs> two two is definitely a worse film yeah. but it's so much so much more entertaining <laughs> like the, the the Amazing Spider-Man is just a boring knockoff of Sam Raimi's original Spider-Man film. Yeah, like there's at least hilarious shit in the Amazing Spider-Man too. Like genuinely funny shit that you can laugh at. Like Electro is maybe the the funniest <laughs> slash worst comic book villain ever. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Right next to the Rhino. <laughs> in the same film I'm the rhino <laughs> I gotta say among all these movies Spider-Man has a very interesting rogues gallery of villains 
He does. It's like very diverse, very Sur- like, a, a nice variety. Surprisingly, especially because most of them are like just bank robbers and thugs. Yeah, he's, so we talked about the Rhino and I guess Electroshock. Is that what it was? Elect- electro. Ele- electro. There's he has two electric like villains, Electro and the Shocker. Oh God! Yeah. Um, what was it? And uh, the lizard. The lizard. And then um, uh, homecoming. It was the vulture and scorpion, uh, the tinkerer, um, and then of course we have the uh, doc Ock, the prowler, the prowler doc Ock, uh, the Osborns, the green Goblin, sandman, sandman. Holy shit! This is really interesting. Really, really mm-hmm. interesting variety. Um, and then you can. Oh, I, I think you you threw in Fisk too, huh? Oh yeah, fuck it. No, I didn't. I did not. But yeah, well, Wilson oh, okay. Fisk yeah, there too. Fisk. I mean, but I mean, I forget because I associate Wilson Fisk most with Daredevil. Uh, with these, did you include Venom? <laughs> no, I forgot about Venom. I think I'm just trying to block him out. I think I did too. I had to think about it. Venom. But yeah, Venom. Venom on his own, I think, is an enemy is is a lot of fun. Um, but as his own thing is I don't find him interesting the way other people I need to ask you before we end. So what do you feel about the pros- the, the the prospects of sequels for this? Um if it does well, and I have a feeling it'll do well, they'll probably have one. Um, I don't know, like, as far as how excited I would be for one. I'll tell you my, I'll, I'll tell you for me. Uh-huh. If Lord and Miller are done, are not coming back, I have no interest in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a given. That, that's a that, That's given. just for me because I think they make this work because, I mean, clearly it's them. And I, and I also say that because, um, the Lego movie was a complete shock. I thought it was great. Um, mm-hmm. I saw the trailer for the sequel playing in front of this movie. I felt I nothing. could not be more underwhelmed. It looks like yeah. nothing the movie, and because they were they didn't come back for that movie, so I he, he just he, that really shows you how much directors matter. I think and because writers, like yeah, I and writers because yeah. I I was just looking at the trailer and it's just like. Just nothing. Yeah. I don't know. And it wasn't like terrible. It just it didn't have that spark of life that the first Granted, one. Granted, I didn't care for the I, I I thought the trailers for the first Lego movie were terrible. That may have just been me. Oh, I liked I liked I liked the trailers. That may have just been me. Well we'll see, but I, I guarantee I really feel like when the reviews come out, they're going to be like, "Yeah, this ain't no Lego movie. No. This ain't no Lego movie like the original. It, uh, this ain't no Lego Batman movie even. Yeah. It may yeah. just be the death knell for that because they've been on a downward trajectory. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just hope anything else? Any, we try to close off the show. Any um, last thoughts? Honestly, as far as the sequel, I I kind of don't need one. Like this this I, will surprise you. Your favorite Dan Merle wants a sequel tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I guess. Um, well, because you notice Spider-Man is great. And he has a lot of stories. But as far as like his biggest stories, there's not much range. It's always him struggling with being Spider-Man, dealing with personal life and stuff like that. So it's like... 
I don't I don't need I don't know if I need more. Like I kind of feel like this to me is like the original Creed where it's like this is great and everyone's like a sequel and I'm like, "Well, I I don't know. I don't know if it's necessary." It, and I haven't seen Creed 2 yeah. yet. I don't know if it's good, but I've definitely heard it's like it ain't no Creed well, 1. Well, uh, um yes, yes and no to an extent. Um last episode, <laughs> which I know Mr. Martinez sometimes ignores our podcasts. But uh, we had David Francisco on, and he gave a short, his short thoughts on Creed 2, and he thought it was a perfect ending to the whole franchise. To the whole franchise? Yeah. Well, okay. okay. He's like, it's not Creed, it's not as good as Creed, but I think he was mm-hmm. like, it's good enough that it's a satisfying conclusion to both Rocky and Creed. That's okay. how he puts it. You want to listen to his okay. thoughts, they're on there. Um, um I'm I'm really unsure. Yeah. So I'll just I'm just like have no opinion. Whatever happens next happens. Because again, even if it's bad, I still got the original. Yeah. And apparently, Creed is one of uh, David's all-time favorite movies. So, uh, the first Creed. That's a great. Yeah. Film. Um. What happened to Ryan Coogler? Anyway, um, <laughs> seriously, uh, I won't. Say. I, yeah, I, I mean. That's a step down when you go from Creed to Black Panther. Let's just be real. Um, I, I feel I blame him more than most people, I think, for because he wrote that movie. Um, but I, I don't. Because I, you can tell it was the machine. I, I think that... The movie machine. I, I, I don't think it was just the machine. I think he himself made some decisions that hurt the film overall. I don't think it was. I I I don't want to give him a pass for that, because, especially since okay. he is coming back for Black Panther two. So when we see that now, if Black Panther two is the same thing, then I'll be like, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it was. I I I honestly am under the impression they let Black they they let Coogler do whatever he wanted, and I think Coogler just did this. Even though you you do see the machine in there somewhere, I just think there are just some writing issues there that Coogler could should have been aware. I don't know. Whatever. We're not going to do that right now. What I'm saying is, we do, won't do, do, you, do you feel that the, the, the playground that they have here for the Spider-Verse of all these different dimensions, I mean, my, my thinking is they mm-hmm. can reopen the dimensions, but then also, is not, isn't Miles Morales a character worth exploring in this medium since we're not going to get him in a live-action version for quite some time? Yeah. He is worth exploring, but it's like... I real I'm really unsure. I don't know. I I I, I won't be like negative if they announce uh, a sequel, but, but I if, also won't be negative do if, if they don't. Okay, when it's Sony, who when? who are you talking about here? It's fucking Sony. So they've already announced. Oh, I'll I'll tell you this. I'm actually kind of more excited for the. They said they were doing like a female spider. Yes, they confirmed uh, it already. They're doing an, uh, an all female Spider Verse movie. I'm kind of more excited about that because uh, I really like the character of Spider Gwen in this. Yeah, film. she was great, and I would like Haley Steinfeld is an am- just picks great roles for herself. Yeah, I would like to see her get her own film, right? And like her doing, she does have her own. It's called so, Bumblebee. Yeah. Oh, I thought, I thought, uh, no, no, I no. thought you meant Haley Steinfeld. You mean you meant Spider Gwen? Character. It, it'll spider. it'll be um, so it'll be like Lego Batman movie in a sense. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll yeah, 
Yeah. It'll also allow it to explore a different uh, art direction as well. Right. Because you'll primarily be in her world, uh, I assume. So I think that'll be that'll be great. Okay. <laughs> I think we've about exhausted. I I'm exhausted. Um, I'm yeah. sure everyone listening at home is. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank Peter for joining me uh, in this very, very late edition of the podcast. I encourage all of you to go see Into the Spider-Verse. And we have other reviews. Uh, for more Marvelites, our last episode with David Francisco, we talked about uh, the Avengers Endgame and Captain Marvel trailers uh, with a special appearance by Kyle Lira. You have to hear it to believe it. Um, so please. I heard it. You did? You mm-hmm. said you okay. We, we gotta talk after this. Anyway, we will see you next week, hopefully, with a little uh, man under the sea. Um, <laughs> under the under sea. Th- <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Thank you, guys. Bye bye.